And we all have um, a window of tolerance and it's somewhat different every single day. Your window of tolerance at the beginning of your career is absolutely different than it is five years into your career, 10 years, um, or towards the end of retirement. It looks way different. Welcome to the Firefighter Craftsmanship Podcast, where we give you real tools to train ultimate humor performance, both on and off the emergency scene. I'm your host, Kevin Housley. Let's get to it. Firefighter Craftsmanship Podcast is brought to you by BruteForceTraining.com. Enter the code Firefighter Craftsmanship at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Brute Force Training provides unstable and odd object load training systems that are adaptable to meet whatever needs you want, and they will absolutely give you all that you can handle. Check out their new adaptive filler design, which allows customization down to five pound increments. This is a great option for ease of entry for yourself and your crew to get relevant odd object training that will help you perform on the emergency scene. So BruteForceTraining.com and enter the code Firefighter Craftsmanship for a 10% off your entire cart. Welcome to the Firefighter Craftsmanship Podcast. This is episode one and we're excited to get started and share a bunch of human performance resources for firefighters and other emergency responders. Uh, thanks for spending some time with us. So the point of this podcast is really going to be about humor performance, both on and off the job. And so much of what we see, especially in the fire service, is ultimate humor performance relating specifically to fitness. And while fitness is absolutely a massive portion of our job and what we need to, uh, to try to work a little bit better towards every single day, to have ultimate humor performance on the job. Um, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it as well. And so we can use fitness in a lot of different uh, connotations. Uh, physical fitness is probably the easiest one, um, but sometimes we don't actually need to do more burpees. Sometimes we have to, to maybe even gasp, chill out a little bit, and take a day off um, from physical fitness training. But physical fitness still is a huge portion, and we're going to cover some physical fitness stuff throughout on this podcast. Um, we're also going to look at fitness, uh, mental fitness, you know, so mental health has a really, really good um, new wave of, of focus within the fire service um, specifically. Um, and that's really, really important. Um, a lot of, however, what we see with mental fitness that's happening right now in emergency services and fire service specifically is there, it's exclusively limited to what happens after we experience some traumas or we have to deal with some things or we have develop PTS or PTSD. Um, so we're going to dive into mental fitness and a lot of our resilience training. How can we intentionally train ourselves to be ready for what is to come or what potentially could come over a long career in the fire service? And that's applicable whether you're a paid firefighter, a career firefighter, or you're a volunteer. The job doesn't care. And the people that call 911, they do care that the level of service that you're providing is at the upper echelon of what you're able to do. And they don't actually care if you're a volley or if you're a career firefighter. So this is going to be applicable for that. We're also going to look at relationship fitness. You know, how are we, how are we building those relationships both in our firehouses um, as well as at home? And that's the thing that, you know, so often, unfortunately, we kind of ignore is, is the impact of this job and this career and this calling on those around us. And so that's really going to be 
a big portion of this podcast as well. Um, so just what to expect. We're going to have a mixture of guests. We're going to have a mixture of, of just me trying to share some knowledge and some things I've learned along the way. Um, we'll have short and long form content, but we really want to try to make this as valuable as possible. So some conversations will be pretty long and some will be quick hitters that you can definitely listen to on the way to shift change or, or as you're getting going or something like that when you're on duty. So let us know what sort of information you're after, what guests you'd like to see, what's going to be usable and things that you can implement instantly. And we're going to try to give you usable information and frameworks within every single episode along the way. Um, so some episodes will have downloads associated with them or, or uh, downloadable resources, things like that. Just more to come on that. So today, let's kind of dive in right away about some human performance psychology and this first episode is going to be about a physiological response. So something that's kind of happening below the surface and something that is called the window of tolerance. So the window of tolerance really plays off of our autonomic nervous system. And within our autonomic nervous system or the ANS, um, we have two different parts of that. The first part is the sympathetic nervous system. And most people know the sympathetic nervous system as fight or flight. And it's pretty easy to talk about fight or flight. And we hear, we've heard that about you know, fight or flight a really, really long time. And there's really a third part that we kind of ignore. And so the sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight nervous system, but it also has a freeze component to it. So we, there's really three parts to that, fight, flight, or freeze. And when we look at that from the fire service perspective, fight response is actually a trained response. So if we look at animals in the wild, right, they're usually not looking for a fight. When the deer is getting chased um, by the lion, it's not looking to, to mix it up with that lion. It's trying to get away from it. But we also see a freeze component in there that instantly, sometimes you'll see if you're watching some of these um, Instagram videos or whatever about this prey-predator relationship, sometimes you'll see that prey initially freeze and that sometimes is their demise. They're trying to assess what's going on before they start to run. And that one little step might be the difference. And we see this um, quite often um, in our jobs and not just with the customers that we're dealing with. So if, if a, a recruit firefighter has never been trained on what to do, and they're not, they're not given the appropriate tools in the fire academy, and we throw a big time evolution at them right away, they're set up for failure right off the bat and they might eventually try to do something about it, a flight, a fight response, but more often than not, they're either going to try to get out of that situation or they're going to just freeze and completely lock up. And so that's a perfectly normal thing that happens. And so the fight part of the sympathetic nervous system is, is actually kind of a trained response. More often than not, we're going to try to flee, run away. We can, we'll do some episodes specifically about the sympathetic and fight or flight and freeze response in the future. But there's just a general cursory overview of the sympathetic nervous system. So the sympathetic nervous system, the automatic autonomic nervous system is actually always assessing for threats. And it's really trying to keep us alive and healthy as long as it possibly can. So since we're always assessing for threats, when we go to an environment like a fire station and we're expected to be up and on our game all the time, 
we're trending more towards that sympathetic activation all the time, which is a stressor. All right. So whether that's, um, you know, who's getting their balls busted along the way in the firehouse, or um, if we're nervous about training, or we're just, you know, even watching watching a movie or something, but you're always kind of up waiting for that next call to happen. Maybe the big one is about to drop. And this even happens even though we're asleep. And so that's one of the reasons why a lot of times when we come home and you finally get more than five seconds to yourself and you might have this massive power down feeling and you can really kind of feel that energy zapping out from you. That might even happen on the drive home. It might happen in the driveway. It might happen after you've already walked into your home environment and real life has started again for you. So you might feel that big energy dump along the way. And so that's a normal response, but it's because we've had such high sympathetic nervous system activation along the way. Little things can also impact that sympathetic nervous system quite a bit. And one of those things is, is how do we breathe? So this podcast is going to dive into breathing for performance um, breathing for upregulation and downregulation quite a bit. How we can use breath as a superpower for us, um, especially to have long, happy, healthy, and strong careers and finish strong um, for retirement. So we're going to talk a lot about breathing on this. But one thing that really negatively affects the sympathetic nervous system is hyperventilation, especially when we're breathing at rest. And so uh, more episodes to come specifically at breathing at rest, and we're going to have quite a few resources coming up in regards to sleep and breathing is a big, big part of sleep as well. Um, so just realize, start to be aware of how are you breathing? Are you breathing through your nose or through your mouth, especially when you're just hanging out, watching a movie? Um, how about when you have a stressor, but it's not a life or death situation. Maybe you're helping your kids with your homework and it's stressful because you can't teach them fifth grade math, right? And so they're asking you questions that you can't answer and you're getting frustrated, and they're getting frustrated, what's your breath doing? Are you breathing through your nose? Are you breathing through your mouth? Are you breathing? How fast are you breathing? What's your resp respiration rate, right? When you're at rest and you're just sitting there, do you really need to be breathing 20, 25, 30 breaths a minute? Probably not. That would be a hyperventilation state, which is creating um, too much sympathetic nervous system activation. Another big uh, stressor on sympathetic nervous system is social media. And so as we know, as AI gets more and more prevalent and the computers get smarter and smarter and it tracks all the clicks that you click on and it starts to feed you content because it thinks that's what you want to see. A lot of times that content, they know that negative content is more, gets more clicks and more views than positive content does. So social media is a massive sympathetic nervous system stressor. And if you're getting super bent out of shape about some political thing that you've clicked on in Facebook and now all it's doing is feeding you that same political rhetoric, um, maybe it's time to, to take a step back, uh, stop clicking those links, um, uninstall those apps from your phone, something like that. Just realize that we're having these sympathetic insults upon our brains, our psychology, and our physiology all day long. The other side of the autonomic nervous system is the parasympathetic nervous system. It was nice for whoever named these two things that they made them super, super close to one another with sympathetic and parasympathetic, but that's what we got. So the parasympathetic nervous system is the rest and digest side of that. 
And so your body really has this like gas pedal, brake pedal, homeostatic relationship um, with sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. And so they're kind of always fighting for position and they both burn energy. And so even though it's a rest and digest, the parasympathetic nervous system is still burning quite a bit of energy as it's activated, okay? So when we think about rest and digest, it's not just sitting in the lazy boy and kicking up your feet, right? Your body um, also does rest and digest um, along the way, even sometimes in stressful situations, if you're, if you're built for them and you're ready for them, you might be able to do some good parasympathetic activation, which then increases your cognitive ability to make critical decisions on scene, um, have actually have situational awareness. We'll do a whole series on situational awareness as well, what that means, how we can train it, um, versus it just being like a feel-good term that we tell everybody to have high situational awareness. But rest and digest parasympathetic activation does have a pretty good psychological impact on us, but it also can have a relatively massive negative impact on us. And we're seeing this quite a bit in emergency services and the fire service specifically. And if we have too much parasympathetic activation over too long periods of time, it creates apathy and could even lead into depression. And so depression um, is, is a thing that everybody goes through different cycles of depression, but some people have depression that they need to be managed you know, through, through things like physical fitness, through things like mindfulness practice, breathing practice, and sometimes through medication. And so if you feel like you have depression, please reach out to, to all the resources that are out there um, and talk to your primary care physician about it as well as your peer support teams and things like that and, and try to get ahead of that. There's a lot of options out there for you if you're feeling uh, down in the dumps, depressed, um, apathetic. Let's, let's work through that stuff. And that's where the mental health and the fire service is kind of really, really focused right now is, is on that maybe over parasympathetic activation in that um, depression and possibly PTS or PTSD field. So sympathetic or parasympathetic isn't all great and it isn't all um, bad either. So there's, there's a lot of different things that we can do to mitigate too much sympathetic or too much parasympathetic activation. We'll kind of dive into that in this podcast. So if we draw a line on a piece of paper at the top of the line, a horizontal line, and we write sympathetic across the top of it, and then we come down towards the bottom of the paper and we draw a horizontal line and we write parasympathetic activation um, across the top of that. We have two lines that are parallel to one another on this piece of paper. We got this big area in between. And so we can draw like a waveform, just a, a swooping line in between those two lines. And that waveform line is called the window of tolerance. And we all have um, a window of tolerance and it's somewhat different every single day. Your window of tolerance at the beginning of your career is absolutely different than it is five years into your career, 10 years, um, or towards the end of retirement. It looks way different. The good news is, is you get to control what that window of tolerance looks like based on intentional fitness training, um, whether it's physical, mental, relationship training, all of those things that we can really, really have a really good impact on our window of tolerance. But just realize some, some days you have a really pretty big window of tolerance and other days you do not. And there's a lot of factors that 
play into that window of tolerance. One of the biggest ones of those is sleep. And that's why we're going to dedicate a significant amount of time in this podcast to talking about sleep, having great sleep hygiene. What what does sleep do for us? Why does it matter? How do we make it work both on and off duty? And so, but sleep has a massive impact on our window of tolerance. So think about maybe the last time you had a, a pretty good set or shift and you got, you know, you guys and girls out there uh, got the beats and you didn't sleep really much or if at all. And when you came home, your tolerance for everyday life um, or the stressors that happen when you have relationships, whether it's a spouse or a partner or uh, children um, or even just the neighbor driving home, road rage, all of those things um, that might, you know, some, some days you're more resilient and you're able to intentionally respond to something and other days you just react um, and that usually shows up in forms of anger. And that's just a little bit where your window of tolerance wasn't big enough in that situation to intentionally respond to that situation. And instead you had some sort of outburst. Okay, so what happens with the window of tolerance is over time, that window of tolerance for us in the fire service gets smaller, mainly because we have sympathetic activation and we have too much sympathetic activation over long periods of time. And so what happens is those two lines that you drew on that piece of paper, they used to start out really, really far apart. Well, now they start to squish together and that sympathetic drops down and that parasympathetic line keeps coming up. And now our window of tolerance that might've started out, um, you know, as a foot on your piece of paper, eight inches on the piece of paper now might be a millimeter away from one another. And so that's why, Every little teeny thing that happens just puts you into this um, certain state. And typically, like I said, that's going to be an anger or frustration state. Stuff that didn't used to be a big deal will kind of spiral out of control and you'll ruminate on those thoughts all day long for weeks, months, sometimes even years. And so the window of tolerance is a really, really big concept that we want to be aware of and we have to understand how it works. And so uh, a lot more resources can be found um, linked in this show note, we have a, a full-on blog post series in relation to this. Um, so click on the show notes or visit firefightercraftsmanship.com for more resources on what does the window of tolerance mean and how can we train it. All right. So for today, a really easy thing for us to do is in the fire service, most of us have too much sympathetic nervous system activation, which is stress. Um, sometimes that stress is positive stress from us doing things like Uh, physical fitness, sauna work, cold plunges, all positive stress, intentional stress. Other times that's negative stress based on department culture, 911 calls that we respond to and life itself. Okay. So more often than not for us to get more resilient, for us to get more um, to, for us to get tougher in the fire service is we need more parasympathetic activation or parasympathetic tone to create a bigger window of tolerance overall. So we have to train that, okay? We have to train that rest and digest system and we have to intentionally chill out and calm down. And a lot of the best training that we can do is in the middle of those things like cold plunges, sauna work, physical fitness, hard conversations you're having up and down the chain of command is to intentionally use that as a training opportunity but also capitalize on the moments of silence 
and enjoying those things and be mindful and intentional about those, those times in our life, okay? So today I'm gonna give you a really, really simple thing for us to train and it's gonna be a mindfulness practice just using our breath. And so to increase parasympathetic activation or parasympathetic tone, a very simple breath protocol that we can use is a two to one ratio. And this breath protocol, if you can tolerate it, should be done 100% through the nose. So both the inhalation and the exhalation by the end of this protocol should be performed through the nose if you can. We know from lots of scientific research that when we breathe through the nose, it creates a vagus response, it triggers the vagal nerve, which the vagal response also creates parasympathetic tone. So simply by breathing through the nose, we can create parasympathetic tone, parasympathetic activation, and calm down, which is gonna give us, over time, a larger window of tolerance, okay? The reason we're using a two to one ratio protocol is that also has been shown through scientific study to create parasympathetic tone. So we're kind of double whammy in this thing through the nose and a two to one protocol to start to increase that window of tolerance by focusing specifically on parasympathetic tone. So what does a two to one ratio means? It just mean, that means that when I breathe in through my nose, let's say I breathe in through my nose for a four count, four seconds, then I'm gonna double that on my exhalation. And that's what's gonna help us create that parasympathetic tone. So when we breathe in for four seconds, we're gonna then breathe out for eight seconds. All right, so get in a comfortable breathing position, sit up nice and straight. Um, and you can do this while you're driving, it doesn't really matter. Try to do it all through the nose and I'll just give you a quick little count on how this works. So exhale your air and then breathe in through your nose for one, two, three, four, and then out through your nose, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Do it again, in through your nose, one, two, three, four, and out through your nose, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And hopefully you can instantly kind of feel a little bit better by just taking those mindful reps. So that was just two breath cycles right there. We're slowing our respiration rate down. Um, if that protocol, the four seconds in and then eight seconds out made you feel like you're kind of drowning on land, then that's something to just take note of. And as you start to dive into breath practice, it will get better. Um, if you feel like that wasn't um, long enough, you can do whatever you want. You can do a five second inhale, you can do a 10 second exhale, a six second inhale, a 12 second exhale, whatever is comfortable for you. And it's gonna depend on the situation. So start to use this two to one protocol on stressful situations. You can use it on EMS calls to start to develop this. You can certainly use it in route to calls or when you're staged on responses or you're in route to the training center and you're kind of amped up about what's to come um, or you're getting ready to have maybe a, a conversation that you know is gonna be a little bit sticky whether that's on the job or off the job. And so that two to one protocol is really, really gonna help you. 
So there's your little takeaway for today. We're excited to have you here. We're excited to get this podcast up and off the ground. And please reach out if you have any questions or would like specific content or have any guest recommendations. Thank you for listening to the Firefighter Craftsmanship Podcast, where we give you real tools to train ultimate human performance both on and off the emergency scene. You can find more information on our webpage at firefightercraftsmanship.com, including all the classes that we offer, and there's plenty of free resources and training on the site as well. Reach out to us on social media, including Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to have a conversation and figure out how we can help you achieve your goals. Stay smart. Stay smart.